to a brand new episode of Nikolai's Kitchen. My name is Nick. This show is all about scratch-made food and positive energy. If this is your first time here, welcome. It's so, so wonderful to have you here. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. Thank you so, so much for your amazing and continued support. This show, as I said, is all about my journey of scratch-made food and positive energy. I just want to make the world better one dish at a time. I just want to lift you up. I just want to make your day better. Whenever you're listening to this, wherever you're listening to this, I just want you to leave in a better mood, to feel better, feeling better about yourself, feeling better about your culinary skills or positivity, life in general, whatever and anything in between. That's all I'm here for. Today on the show, we are going to be talking about one of the most glorious things you can possibly do for any meal ever, and that is breakfast for dinner. What's better than breakfast for dinner? Really? I mean, seriously, like you can have, I mean, granted, have you ever had dinner for breakfast? That's also pretty good too, but breakfast for dinner, you're talking pancakes, you're talking eggs, you're talking a beautiful, beautiful potato and apple hash. We will be talking about that a little bit later in the show, but I just want to take the opportunity up here at the top of the show to just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. If you're listening to this before the month of April ends, don't forget to head over to Podchaser. Find Nikolai's Kitchen on Podchaser. The link is down below in the show notes. Review the show and review episodes of the show for every episode you review and for the show itself. Podchaser will donate 25 cents to the World Central Kitchen, which is feeding refugees from Ukraine. And if I reply to those, which I absolutely will, they will double it. So that's potentially 50 cents for every single review. This only runs until April 30th. So make sure you head over to Podchaser and help me. And, you know, together we can raise some money for a really, really good cause. Speaking of really good causes, the live stream for the Curious Barreling Tortoise at the speed of a freight train, and I am whew, I am more anxious and probably under more stress than I've ever been because of the event. So much is different this year uh, for this year's event compared to any of the years in the past. But I'm confident in my amazing team of people. I'm confident in our fight for cancer research. I'm confident in immunotherapy. So I'm going to play a little promo for live stream for the cure. And I want to talk about you. Hello, everyone. My name is Nick, and I'm the host of the annual live stream for the cure to raise money for the Cancer Research Institute. They research immunotherapy, which signifies the hope of a future immune to all forms of cancer. CRI is extremely accredited and highly rated, meaning 88 cents out of every dollar donated goes to actual research. This year, starting on May 19th at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, we're fighting for the sixth year in a row to raise money for this amazing organization and this important work. Livestream for the Cure is all about the power of the indie creator community, showing that even small creators can make a big difference. We're proud to continue working to raise money and awareness for the potential to treat all forms of cancer with immunotherapy. Together, we can make a difference. Learn more and make an early donation today 
at livestreamforthecure.com. How are you today? How was your day? Let's take a moment here and let's just put everything aside for just a few moments here. And I know I've done this in the past couple of shows, but I kind of like kicking off the positivity segments with all of this. That's not a word. Positivity. I'm leaving it in. Don't care. But I want to start off these positivity segments celebrating those little wins. Now, for me, I'm recording this on a Sunday. And I hope you guys have had such a beautiful weekend. If you're watching this, wherever you're watching it, whenever you're watching it, I hope that your weekend has been absolutely magical. I hope that you got some stuff done. If you wanted to get some stuff done, I hope that if you wanted to just sit and relax, that you got to sit and do absolutely nothing. If this was a stressful weekend for you, I'm so sorry. I really, really hope that you'll get some downtime soon. Try to find some ways to compartmentalize things and take something off of that plate. This past weekend, I really, really wanted to make just kind of a, a, a bang out dinner. Like I really wanted to, to smash something out of the park. We've been going through some rough times here, you know, th- things prep for live stream and then, you know, a whole bunch of other issues going on. You know, it's we, we really, really needed uh, we really needed a win. We really needed a win, to put it quite simply. And sometimes you need a win. For me, my wins come in the kitchen. For me, I cook my wins. Because food is one of those great, beautiful constants in life. You know what I mean? So we decided to do a little bit of surf and turf action on Saturday night. And picked up some beautiful, beautiful ribeyes. Picked up a dozen scallops. And then what I decided to do is I decided to make a homemade lemon sage pasta. So I did fresh sage, you know, chopped it up really, really fine, chucked that into the pasta dough, and I made it with a Sicilian lemon olive oil. And then I made a lemon parmesan cream sauce to tie the whole thing together. Seared off those scallops. 90 minutes aside, that's all you need. Smoking, smoking hot pan, and then you just give them a good toss in a squirt of lemon juice into the pan at the end. Absolute perfection every single time. That's Gordon Ramsay's recipe, and it, I don't even know that I would ever need to try scallops any other way because these are so good. I can't picture them in my brain being better. I really, really can't. And then that pasta, the oh, unbelievable, the beautiful, beautiful freshness. First of all, homemade pasta, just second to none. That lemon cream sauce did get away from me just a little bit. The oil separated out from the butter. The pan got too hot when the butter was melting. So it started to separate out a little bit. So basically I had to chuck everything into a food processor, give a few pulses to re-emulsify it, bring it all back together. But it came together so beautifully. I used half and half instead of heavy cream to just reduce some of that milk fat in there, make it a little bit less rich and decadent. And then basically just toss that fresh homemade pasta and those seared scallops right in that sauce. Unbelievable, just absolute perfection. Absolutely sings. And then those beautiful, beautiful ribeyes. I just did some salt and pepper over the top. Got that grill up to high heat. 
you know, seared four minutes aside. Flip once for those good grill marks. Grill marks, bud. <laughs> Some of you get that reference. Some of you get that reference. And then I made a homemade herbed butter with roasted garlic. So I lopped the top off of some garlic, drizzled some olive oil, wrapped it in foil, chucked it into the oven, roasted it nice and good, popped those nice, soft, beautiful cloves out of there, and then mixed that with butter, fresh thyme, fresh rosemary, salt, and pepper. When it came time to finish the steak on the grill, after I'd already turned the grill off, I just put a good dollop of that herbed butter right over the top of both steaks, closed the grill for another minute, and just let them finish, let all that butter melt down over the top. Now the herbed butter was a touch, touch too salty. I did a little, little bit over the board. And like I said, that sauce broke. That sauce broke. The butter just, it, it wasn't working. But by and large... By and large, this meal, especially especially the sear, the, the sear on that scallop, whew, my God. Three times now I've made scallops, and I think every single time I've made them, I love them a little bit more. Just, if you've never tried it with Gordon Ramsay's recipe, and if you have a good scallop recipe, if, if you think there's another way that I would really, really enjoy them, please let me know. I'm definitely willing to try, but man, Ramsay's recipe is absolutely off the chain. It's They're, they're incredible. Absolutely incredible. So that was a win. That was a good, 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 good win. Maybe your win didn't come in the kitchen. Maybe you got some chores done around the house. We fixed our bed headboard, the the frame the, for my bed, and then we bought a headboard when I moved in, and it didn't fit the bed. And so it was kind of elevated off the ground. We had to build these silly little blocks to prop it up, and that just wasn't a good uh, a good system. So we kind of fixed that and like securely attached the frame to the headboard this time. We bought a new toolbox the other day, so I got that all connected and filled up and got rid of some redundant tools, kind of consolidated a whole bunch of the tools in the house and then put them all in one central location. So that way when we're working on a project, we only need to go to one place. I literally had to go up and down stairs or out to the garage like four times today each in order to get everything to do that bed frame. But that was a win. Tonight for dinner, grilled up some incredible, incredible speedies. Corn on the cob. It was such a beautiful day here in upstate New York. Such an absolutely magical day. Beautiful, sunny, warm. It was so, so gorgeous. So I got outside, fired up the charcoal grill, skewered some speedies, did corn on the cob. So first I did the corn on the cob inside the husk, and then after I let it like kind of just sit in there off the heat. So it was over indirect heat the whole time. I didn't want it over direct heat. Then I shucked it. Then I took that same herbed butter from the steak and just rubbed it all over it and then finished it over the heat to caramelize that corn. Ooh, that is eaten. Let me tell you. And that's the first sweet corn of the season. Like once I eat sweet corn, once I grill some sweet corn, that's like really the beginning of spring to me. That's like really when the spring season actually kicks in for me. And once I'm done recording this, we're going to play some games. I'm going to have another beer. I'm down 10 pounds. Everything is swinging up. Everything is looking really, really up, which... <sighs> things have been tough lately. I've had my struggles. I've had things that I've definitely had to battle with. I've been working really hard and trying really, really hard on a number of different fronts to improve my life. 
some of it works, some of it doesn't necessarily, you know. But some weeks I've had far fewer wins, and sometimes those wins are so tiny. They seem so small and insignificant, but you have to celebrate all of them. You have to take pride in the good things that you do every day. I am extremely critical of myself. So I know this is, I, I tell you guys this a lot, but I do the positivity stuff as much for anybody that's out there listening to this. And if you are, that's wonderful. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you're here on YouTube, if you're watching it on YouTube, thank you so, so much for watching. Like no matter what, you're amazing. You know, and, and, and I really, really appreciate appreciate the support, but I do this for me. I want to be here for me because I need to tell myself a lot of this stuff. I'm so hard on myself. If I, if, and like, I was really, really hard on myself with that, with that steak and scallop dinner. It was a good dinner. It was a good, good dinner. I knocked it out of the park. Yeah. The sauce broke, but I saved it. I saved it. Normally, I build the sauce on chicken stock. Well, I didn't do chicken stock. I just cooked the onions on and some white wine. Simple as that. Turned out so, so wonderfully. Everything about it was just magical. Amazing. But yet, I'm hard on myself. Yet, I, 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 I find reasons why things just aren't good enough. Have you ever felt like you're not good enough? That's my whole life. Usually, and I don't know other people's experience with this, but usually if you don't feel like you're good enough, it's because at some point in your life, someone told you that you're not good enough. Someone made you feel like you're not good enough. Even when you felt like you were working and you were trying and you were doing so much. And you were working so, so hard. But in the end, it wasn't good enough. And I think about this because it's 41 years now. I'll be 42 in July and I still can't shake it. I still have such a hard time shaking the fact that every single teensy, weensy little aspect of that meal wasn't perfect. And that goes with literally everything under the sun. If I do artwork for this show and the angle of a picture for food that I wanted to take isn't exactly perfectly where I wanted it to be. God, that gets in me. It gets in me and that frustrates me so much. Just why, you know? Doing this show... If I miss an edit, if a song transition or fade isn't as smooth as I would have liked it to be, or if it peaks a little bit too loudly and I didn't catch it in editing, I get really, really upset with myself. And compound that with Livestream for the Cure, which is, again, steamrolling toward us. But Livestream for the Cure, we're aiming for our biggest goal this year, and this year is the most different year we've ever had. We're aiming for a shorter event for the first time ever. So can we raise more money in less time? 
We have more new creators joining us than we ever have in our entire history. More new creators coming along for the ride than we've ever seen before, than we've ever interacted with before. Things are changing with the segments in between. There's not going to be moonshine for Drew. Gerald can't make the trip up because he's got a lot of personal stuff going on right now. So it's a much different year for me and I persevere and I continue forward and I work hard and I just know no matter what happens and I feel this way even when we've hit the goal but no matter what happens I always feel like I haven't done enough. I always feel and this goes whether it's friendships, relationships or anything and everything un under the sun in between I feel like I'm not doing enough. I feel like, like even right now, even talking to you or, you know, you're watching this, you're listening to this, whichever and anything in between. If you're patrons of the show, I haven't gotten a Patreon episode out in ages. I haven't done a lot of stuff in ages. There's quick bites. There's other material. There's other stuff that I'm still waiting to get cranked out there. Haven't done it. Haven't done enough. never doing enough that's per that's per it's uh, it's always here it's always so present in my mind and i know don't message me and say nick you're doing enough i know i know you're doing enough too and you're good enough too and what you do and who you are is good enough and people should celebrate that. People should celebrate who and what they are. You should always, always believe in you. And I struggle with that so, 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 so much because I've been told for a lot of my life from a lot of people that I won't amount to anything. I won't do anything. I'm just a, you know, fat loser. Never going to lose that weight. Never going to get the job that I want. Never going to get, you name it. I've heard it so much of my life. So, so much of my life. The worst thing that you can ever do ever in life, as far as I'm concerned, is tell somebody that they're stupid. Especially somebody impressionable like kids. Don't tell people they're stupid. Don't put people down. Stop putting people down. Some people will annoy you. Some people will frustrate you. Let it go. Don't tear people down. Too many people in this world are too invested in tearing each other down. Build each other up. Build each other up and let's all work together to build a better world. 
I truly believe that we can do that. And I hope that you truly believe that we can do that. It's that voice in your head. Close your eyes for me. Let's fade that music back in the background. Whatever voice that is, even if it's your own, the voice that tells you that you're not good enough or that you don't do enough. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath in. Out. Leave it right here. Right now. Leave it behind. Who you are and what you do is enough. Every single person in the world is capable of so many good things. Build other people up. Be kind to other people. Don't take advantage of other people. Don't punch down at people. Don't tear people down just because they're different from you. The things that I've been through in my life, and I have, I have had, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a 41-year-old white dude. I have not had it as hard as some. But the things that I have been through in my life, a lot of those things, I wouldn't wish those on anybody. And I can't imagine the people that have been through so much worse than I have. Don't punch down at people because when you punch down at people, when you treat people terrible, when you, when you do nothing but elevate yourself above other people and punch down at them and attack down at them, you don't know what they've been through. You don't know how hard their life has been, how hard they've struggled. Just be kind. There's no reason to ever be anything but good and kind. If somebody annoys you that that's great, then just don't interact with them. Get away from them. Cut the toxic people out of your life, the toxic presences in your life. Have the strength to walk away from toxic situations it's so hard i know it's so so hard and we convince ourselves over and over of a million different reasons to stay in those situations believe in you and believe in your worth know what you're worth know that you are good enough what you do is good enough what you do is good enough don't you dare ever question it. Don't you dare ever forget it.
welcome back everyone and thank you so so much again for spending some time here at nikolai's kitchen if you like the show please help me out rate and review the show five stars wherever you're listening to this i've been getting some amazing reviews over on good pods lately thank you so so much to my amazing good pods listeners thank you so so much for the reviews i really appreciate it but wherever you're listening to this please rate and review the show five stars and just help me spread the word help me get out there to more amazing amazing people just like you speaking of amazing breakfast for dinner we've already talked about it like i said there's nothing in the world that's better than breakfast for dinner now every once in a while with this show as we've talked about it you know years past i like to take things from the restaurant like my old food show that i used to have my old food show i made a lot of recipes for that show the problem with that show is i always used to have like two to three featured recipes per episode which was ridiculously unsustainable i do one per week for this and sometimes even that's a lot there's a lot of recipes that i made back in that show i should say that needed refinement that just weren't that great that just didn't turn out quite as good as they possibly could have at least i don't believe so i think they could have definitely been a lot a lot a lot better this however not one of them this is one of my absolute favorite recipes but we're not just going to talk about the almond berry pancakes here we're also going to talk about this beautiful amazing breakfast hash that i made and we're also going to talk about ways that it can absolutely be improved So first up, I want to talk to you guys about the almond berry pancakes. Now, this was an almond flour blackberry pancake recipe back in the restaurant days. I did make that most recently. I also made a blueberry variation of this. Truth be told, you can pretty much do whatever you want to in terms of berries with this. I also did try to use this same recipe to make apple cinnamon pancakes with less success, but that's more probably because I used Honeycrisp apples, which are very, very crisp. And I didn't cut them up small enough, so, you know, the pancake isn't taking very long to cook. What, a couple minutes? It's not enough time for the apples to cook. Like, I did toss them in uh, a little bit of brown sugar, some cinnamon, some nutmeg, and just kind of let them sit in the fridge overnight in order to pull some of that moisture out of them because I didn't want the pancakes to turn into a soggy mess. But... Like I said, I, I I chopped them way, way too big. So, I mean, on the plus side, you got a big bite of apple in there. But, yeah, it still had a bit of a snap to it, which texturally kind of played oddly uh, it, when it came to when it came to the pancake. So those ones need a little bit more work. And I really, really think that could have benefited from some kind of whipped cream as well. I made an apple compote with it. And like I said, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't great either. So I decided to vary this recipe from the original restaurant recipe in a couple of significant ways. Now, it's basically a 50-50 mix of almond flour and all-purpose flour. I have done it where it's strictly almond flour before. does still turn out pretty good, but it's going to be, the texture is not going to be the same. You're not going to get that kind of fluffy chewiness you would with a normal pancake. So just keep that in mind, but you absolutely can do that with all purpose. I have not tried this with gluten-free flours and things like that, but I want to believe it would be similar. It would be similar. What I decided to do is I decided to separate out the white and the yolk from the egg. And so when you combine your liquid ingredients together, you don't combine your egg white in there, just your egg yolk. And you're actually going to take an electric mixer or a whisk if you want to do that uh, and whip this up into a soft peak. You know, you want to whip this to a soft peak. And then basically, once you have combined your liquid and your dry ingredients together, then you take that 
basically it's almost meringue and then go ahead and fold it into your batter. And what that's going to do is it's going to create a beautifully light and fluffy pancake. These were the fluffiest pancakes I have ever had bar none. And I'm pretty sure this is what they do when they make uh, Japanese pancakes, but on a much larger scale, there's only one egg in this. But yeah, these are beautiful. They had a beautiful, like wonderful density to them. Like pancakes, I believe should have density. They should have a little bit of density, a little bit of chew. But they were also very, very, very spongy and fluffy. The, the texture, the mouthfeel of these was unbelievable. Absolutely my favorite part of it. I, I could not believe how wonderful it turned out. I'll also note here that like this originally was a buttermilk pancake recipe. You can use buttermilk in place of the almond milk in this, but I'm putting almond milk in the in the specific recipe because it turned out absolutely fantastic with the almond milk. Just unbelievably fantastic. And you can also do this with just regular milk. I've made it with regular milk as well. Like basically just kind of pick your milk and figure it out. I just wanted to accent the almond flour with almond milk. And the, the pancake really, really did. Aside from, again, this was the blackberry variation. Uh, it really, really had like a decent kind of nuttiness to it mixed in there with that beautiful sweet berry, that beautiful sweet blackberry. In the episode art for this, I, I originally, I was in the grocery store. I don't even know why I thought of it, but I was in the grocery store and I was like, I want pancakes. I didn't see pancakes. No idea why I thought of pancakes in that moment. I was like walking by the dairy cooler, like where the juice is. No idea why I all of a sudden thought about pancakes, but all of a sudden it popped into my head and I could not get rid of the thought, could not get rid of the idea. So I made myself a blueberry version of this. And I mean, is there anything better than blueberry pancakes? This is a great recipe. I've tinkered with this for a long time, so I really, really do hope you guys will give this a try. It's not like pancakes aren't rocket science. You basically like pour it onto the skillet. Once you start seeing bubbles come through in the middle of the batter, not just the edge, but in the middle, go ahead and flip it once, let it finish. You can tell, like I like to kind of do a touch test because you can feel if it's liquid because there's not going to be any push back it's going to still push in and you're going to feel that liquidiness underneath the surface of it when it's done you're going to have that springiness there's going to be a little bit of cakey springiness to it then your pancakes are done get them off of the heat and then when you make these you're going to want to top them with a beautiful luscious berry syrup use the same exact fruit that you used when you made the pancakes or not you know your choice dealer's choice now, the original restaurant recipe, which just kind of goes to show you how much I used to love sugar, called for a cup of sugar in a blackberry syrup recipe. Blackberries are already absurdly sweet, and maybe this is just how my palate has evolved since dropping the sugar and really not eating a lot of sugar anymore. But even the one that I made, which only used a quarter of a cup of a sugar substitute, so it was a monk fruit, like sugar alcohol, kind of uh, zero sugar substitute, uh, it was incredibly sweet even then for me. So, you know, you may want to you may want to vary this up. You may want to back it off and not go too crazy as far as all that's concerned. And maybe you're somebody who really, really loves sugar, but, you know, dump it in here. But, you know, the fruit, whatever berry you're going to be using is already going to have quite a bit of sugar in it. Please don't overdo it. You definitely don't need to overload this because you're going to make it cloyingly sweet. And the, the pancake itself, there's a little bit of uh, powdered sugar in the batter. But other than that, there's not any other sweetness in the batter. Uh, so they do have like a light sweetness to them. Like, but the, you're going to overwhelm it if you add too much sugar to the syrup. Super easy to cook down. You just basically want to combine all the ingredients and just reduce it by two-thirds. 
super simple. So when I made this, I decided pancakes wasn't enough. Initially, the only plan for this week's episode was to be just pancakes. I just wanted to talk about these pancakes because I really, really think that it's a great recipe and I think you should try it. But when I made this on stream, in order to kind of fill out three plus usually hours of content, like a pancakes is not enough. So I needed something else and I had already bought some potatoes and then I was at the grocery store and I just kind of started grabbing ingredients like honey crisp apples. So I got a buffalo chicken sausage. Uh, we don't eat pork in this household. Uh, I still eat pork, but nobody else in the household does. So kind of respectfully, I don't keep it in the house. So consequently, we don't really have pork sausages or bacon or anything like that. Ideally, you would want to you would want to cook bacon and then like finish your potatoes and bacon. Um, the buffalo chicken sausage, while the heat level of it, I think was right. The texture of the sausage itself, not quite as good. And I, gr I grilled it and then I chopped it up, you know, cubed it up small. You want a consistent chop on this. Okay. You want a consistent uniform chop on all your ingredients here. So that way, when you take a bite, you're getting the same sizes through everything. But yeah, that, that sausage was by far the weakest part of this dish. So I've bought some chicken breakfast sausages uh, made with sage. I'm really, really hoping that that's going to play a little bit differently, but you know, I mean, this wants for pork fat to sear off and, and, and crisp up those potatoes. I mean, that would take this absolutely over the moon. When I made this on stream, too, I made it with just a little pile of pillowy soft uh, scrambled eggs. And after like after I finished it and like as I'm eating it, I'm like, why didn't I do eggs over easy to have that beautiful runny yolk permeate through this? So then when I made the leftovers, I made some eggs over easy and served it over the top. And oh, <laughs> I mean, you talk about the unifying element to this. You have russet potatoes, so you're going to parboil those. You know, you parboil them. You know, you want them to still have a little bit of tooth, but you want that outside to kind of start to be softening. There's honey crisp apple, which I didn't cook at all. So the, the apple has a little bit of tooth to it still compared to everything else in here. But I really love in this, the textural difference really, really worked. You got shallots, which I cooked down just a little bit in some white wine. The sausage, as I mentioned, fresh herbs. And then, like I said, please do yourself a favor and take yourself your favorite wing sauce. If you're one of my VIP patrons, you're going to be getting some wing sauce from me homemade very, very soon. Take some of your favorite wing sauce, just a little dollop of it over the top. And then top it with two eggs over easy. If you have like a like like a nice little uh, a nice little like cup and a half portion or so, and then break that yolk and that yolk permeating in through everything, you get that fat and that richness, that creaminess of that egg yolk, absolutely makes this whole thing sing. I can't wait to try it with the breakfast sausage, and I really really would like to try a version of this with bacon, where you cook your bacon and then you sear off your potatoes in that instead of I think I just did olive oil. This would have been 10 times better probably if it was cooked in bacon fat. But, you know, it is what it is. It was still absolutely magical. And you get the beautiful sweet and savory elements. There was cinnamon and nutmeg playing around in this. So you get those beautiful savory spices like rosemary and sage in there. And then, bam, you're immediately hit with like a blast of the fall. Like all of a sudden there's a little bit of apple pie on the side of this thing. 
just absolutely, absolutely sings. And and I really love experimenting with a breakfast hash. They are pretty forgiving. You can pretty much chuck anything into these. I made one with purple potatoes and mangoes for a random recipe way back in the restaurant days. Like you can do pretty much anything with them. They are pretty forgiving. So please try this out and then get experimental with it because you can do a lot. I promise. But that is going to do it for this episode of Nikolai's Kitchen. As I said, live stream for The Cure 6 starts May 19th at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Please tune in. Please help us spread awareness. Help us spread the word about the event. We need more help spreading the word than anything else. Please, please, please help us the best that you can. Next week on the show, I am venturing once again into territory unknown with Nashville Hot Chicken. Again, as most of my inspiration has lately, came from Beat Bobby Flay, and I was like, I have to know what that is. And then I found out what it is, and then I was like, I need to make this now. So I can't wait to try that live on the stream. And of course, next time on the show, I will tell you guys all about it. Speaking of the show, before I wrap out here too, season three is going to be winding up pretty, pretty quickly, probably another two to three weeks. I'm thinking the season uh, finale will be probably mid-May before live stream. Probably that Monday before live stream for The Cure. And then it's not really going to resume. I'm actually going to skip my original plan to kind of resume around Memorial Day. And probably not resume until sometime maybe mid-June. You're still going to be getting content during that time. But we're not going to be doing like the regular full releases of the episodes. More like quick bites and simple stuff like that. I really just need the time off to work on live stream for The Cure. And I've got some content banked up. I've, I've still got Angel Food Cake recorded and ready to be released. I've just got to get that out there and a whole bunch of other stuff to get out. So rest assured, there will still be plenty of content to kind of carry you guys through to the other side. But again, thank you so, so much for taking time to listen to this. I really, really appreciate you more than you could ever possibly know. My gratitude for you could never possibly be expressed. Thank you so, so much for listening and thank you so much for coming on this journey with me Nikolai's Kitchen wouldn't be possible without the contributions of my amazing patrons. Well, thank you so much to Chris, M, and Sam. And a special shout out to my VIP patrons, Krista, Jared, Caleb, Dan, and Bill. Learn more and sign up today at patreon.com slash Kitchen.